Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. The turn of the 20th century introduced fascism to the United States. Under Woodrow Wilson, and continuing under Franklin Roosevelt, the system of government the framers created ceased to exist because a fundamental protection for the states was removed in the passage of the 17th Amendment. Today, that deviation from the framers' gift to us has led us to a point in time where executive branch agencies, departments, and commissions, like the CDC, EPA, IRS, and SEC, apply unlegislated regulatory authority onto the people. Regulatory authority not acceded to by the people. But what can be done to correct the course? To marginalize the totalitarianism of the progressive, read fascist, movement in our country? I talk about this and a little more with Chuck Wilder on TalkBack, broadcast internationally on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here, Swayed at the Network. We're live across America and around the world at crntalk.com. Right now, I'm going to introduce Frank Savato, who usually comes on Monday, but he's on for a special performance today, and then he'll be back again next Monday because he's in big demand. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, which is heard everywhere podcasts are heard, and he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch that's syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis Communication Affiliation Stations. His website, undergroundusa.com. Mr. Savato, how are you? Mr. Wilder. <laughs> I always know the calls from me when I hear that famous <laughs> Mr. Wilder. You know, it's almost like, what have I done now, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're, yes. not getting, you're not getting called to the principal's office. It's just a, it's a salutation of respect and admiration. Yeah, yeah, you know. What has progressed under progressivism? And as you say, as we prepare for the onslaught of propaganda that is coming our way from both sides during the lead-up to the midterm elections, uh, we need to uh, all take a step back from the preferred narratives being fostered upon us by the political left and mainstream media, and ask ourselves one question. What has progressed under the progressive movement? That's a difficult uh, question, is it not? Well, it's because they try to they try to confuse the idea with the word. Remember, progressives are 
are notorious for redefining words to suit their needs and advance their cause. We, so we have to keep in mind when we talk about progress that our country and the world has made since the year 1900, um, it doesn't necessarily correlate with the progressive movement. Uh, the movement is an ideological movement that literally has nothing to do with the progress and the advances our society has made over the last 120 plus years. Hmm. So we, when we talk about this, we have to divorce those two things. The fascists, and I'm, I'm using that word not as in a derogatory way. We've had fascist governments in the United States before. We have one now. It is a, it is the definition of that type of government, an authoritarian type of government that uses private sector major influences to move things into society that the government itself couldn't pass through Congress and codify into law. So we're seeing that today with, uh, organizations like Facebook and Google and BlackRock and Citadel. And, you know, we went through this whole Disney thing where this administration wants to push the gender identity thing and they want to push the diversity thing. So they got Disney to create corporate policy that affected that and pushed that on the park's visitors. Well, the people pushed back. But that's the very definition of what a fascist style government is. They'll get BlackRock to say we have to institute ESG. And we're going to be going, we're going to be looking at only companies that follow, have a high ESG score, and that's who we're going to invest in. And if you have your 401k managed by our organization, that's what you're going to be investing in. So they force you to do what the government can't achieve through legislation. Hmm. So when we talk about the progressive movement, we have to identify them as a fascist ideology. They've changed their name over the years because one day, you know, fascism after World War II didn't sit well with a lot of people. <laughs> then, you know, they recognized yeah. it with Mussolini and Hitler. So they had to change up. They, they don't want to be called fascists, but that's what they are by technical definition. So when we ask the question, what has progressed under the progressive movement, if we replace the words, the word progressive and progressive movement with fascist, now we have a clear delineation. What has progressed under the fascist movement? And the only answer there is nothing except for less freedom and more coercion. And when we look at the history of fascism around the world, that is the modus operandi. Are you saying in this report that uh, President Woodward, Woodrow Wilson, Democrat, was uh, maybe one of them that got that going? Absolutely, with, with mm -hmm. without question, and First people one. who are honest about, yeah, people who are honest about his administration realize that what he put into place was was everything under a fascist model. He's the person who ushered in the idea that while Congress is elected by the people and they represent the people, they didn't know best how to how to manage society. So let's bring in experts. Let's bring in experts to the departments and the agencies and the commissions underneath the executive branch, and we can get Congress to write 
legislation that's general. We want to do this, but leave the leave the minutia of building out that legislation to the experts in the executive branch who can who can do it through regular a regulatory process. He's the guy who ushered in that idea. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at it from 30,000 feet with clear eyes, it means that Congress isn't writing the laws anymore. They're saying we would like to move to, a, for example, a cleaner environment. But now the EPA is going to say, well, under this administration, we believe a cleaner environment means all electric vehicles, no gas vehicles, and no more drilling. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So this uh-huh. is this is why the this is the explicit danger in in a fascist model in the United States because the people elected to craft laws and represent the people that that authority moves over across the lines from the legislative branch into the executive branch, and now we have a a blatant transgression of the separation of powers. And that's where we've been since 1900. And as you say, back then, Wilson, all of a sudden the people were saying, oh, the ruling class, they're the experts. Uh, they know what's good for society. And they, uh, th- then the people, including those elected to office, to craft the legislation. They were just like, oh, they're the smart ones, right? Yes. The ones that no, can't ride a bicycle. <laughs> and, 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 th- and this is, be- yeah, right, yeah. Well, two of them actually, because yeah. I don't think I don't think Buttigieg actually rides more than a block. He gets out of his car, takes the bike off, and then yeah, rides into yeah. the office. I've seen film on that, you know, where they they haul it up there, and then there's the event. So jump on your bicycle and ride the thirty five yards yeah. or whatever. We don't, yeah, we don't, we don't know if it's about disingenuousness or or uh, or stamina, but uh, either way, does he have to be careful because he might be pregnant, or is that the other guy? I identify as not knowing the answer to that question, Chuck. Okay, thank you. All right. Go when ahead. we talk about, you were talking about the uh, the experts and, and being wise and, and crafting, you know, the executive branch crafting the legislation instead of the Congress. This is how we ended up with the CDC and the EPA and uh, the Security and Exchange Commission, all answering to the executive branch. They can get called before Congress to testify, and, and Congress can bend over backwards to create legislation that will rein them in. We just saw that with a decision from the Supreme Court that said the EPA can't, you can't just create regulations because you want to. It's got to be under under the authority of a crafted law. But this is where we've been since the 1900s, incrementally getting worse and worse and worse. And this is why our tax code is garbage because the IRS, this, we're going to, we'll have a comment period on this, but we want to move in this direction. Well, was it legislative? I'm going to tell you, so you, you open up a little tiny, another brain cell that I happen to have uh, <laughs> when you talk about, <laughs> you know, all this, the alphabet agency, CDC, EPA, SEC. And I'll tell you something, listener, go to the visas, okay, with our immigration system. And look at all the letters we have on that. I think they have everything now from A to Z, something, some kind of visa, you know. When you got a visa for pole dancers, you know that they're, they're moving right along. Right. That's <laughs> a great example. The immigrations and, and customs mm-hmm. and, and the Department of Homeland Security, they decide they want to go in this direction. They'll put out a comment period. 
where people get to comment and protest this stuff, and they do it under the guise of a very generalized piece of legislation that was passed. What we should be demanding as Americans is that Congress craft comprehensive legislation and stop with the generalization, giving no authority to the executive branch for wiggle room. Because then that's true legislation crafted by the representatives of the people. But Wilson changed all with, with, so, the, with the insertion of experts. I'm not saying that experts don't have a role in things. They should advise Congress when they're crafting the laws. And, you know, granted, that opens up a whole new can of worms with influence and money. But that influence and money is already there with the lobbyists. But when you give the executive branch the, uh, the authority to create regulations that move beyond the spirit of legislation because you have a a hardcore ideology in that administration, you're giving authoritative, you're, you're giving true authority to the executive branch, not to execute, but to create laws. And that brings us back to the very definition of fascism. And then the all of that stuff moving forward, and the fumes are coming out, you know, as in gas. Yes, and you know that here they go with another one. And I'll tell you what, when we come back after this break, there's another entity that uh, comes upon the scene, you say, and that's the unions. The unions. We'll get into that a little bit when we come back with the one and only Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, host of the Underground USA podcast, and the website is undergroundusa.com. Be back. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies. A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? Larry Fink, BlackRock, taking your money, betting on China. Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato. His latest, What Has Progressed Under Progressivism? And uh, so then along comes the unions, which uh, I guess at the time it was a good idea because things were getting out of control, right, Frank? Well, the unions aren't a bad idea today at their core purpose, you know, to, to make sure that the, that the labor force has a voice in, in negotiating contracts. That's a very good thing, but they have spiraled outside of that sphere uh, to such a great degree that they are ipso facto political organizations at this point. Um, you know, in the beginning, when they came on the scene in the early 1900s and the, in the advent of the industrial age, and once again with Woodrow Wilson, um, they served a great good for the people that were working. They made sure that people weren't being worked to death, literally, in factories, hours, wage, fair wages, um, looking at making sure that if you get hurt on the job that you were that you were taken care of and compensated. Uh, so they served a, a, an excellent purpose. But I mean, if you look today in juxtaposition to, to the labor unions back in the 1900s, the teachers unions today during COVID who were mandating 
health policy to the CDC. Uh, that's that's an extreme amount of power that a union should never have, even under Wilson's <laughs> idea of the experts being the ones who actually set the rules. This one goes outside of that sphere, because I'm sure Randy Weingarten isn't a Ph.D. in immunology. So her opinion about what should have happened with COVID was just that. It was a, an opinion and an uneducated opinion. It moved forward perks and benefits for the teachers. It didn't help anything that had to do with the students or education. So you see that an organization that started out representing teachers saying we need a fair wage and we need safe classrooms and, and you know, we need the basics has spiraled out of control into a political and ideological entity. And that's not what it was. So, well, you know, you in talk the about yeah, go ahead. There were there were no safeguards put into place to keep these types of organizations within defined limits. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't evolve with the times. Mm-hmm. You know, we should represent workplaces change. A factory from 1900 to a factory today is quite different. So are classrooms. So things do change. But when you start saying we're going to take your union dues and we're going to support very blatantly ideological movements and ideas that have nothing to do with education, Uh then you've stepped outside that sphere. You've stepped outside what should be the charter for that union. And it's no longer serving the purpose of making the teacher's life better in the classroom and within the school. We see that with the AFL-CIO. We see that with, with the teachers' unions. We see that with, with just about any union you want to put out there. And all of them show up at the political conventions because they're lobbying <laughs> groups. Well, you know, and what I was going to mention is that, uh, you know, how things repeat themselves or kind of sound familiar uh, because you also mentioned, remember when, uh, listener, we had all this organized crime with mm-hmm. the unions and all everything that was going on. I mean, they were using guns and everywhere else. Merrick Garland, you know, he's just using his tongue, which rhymes mm-hmm. with gun. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm way off on that. Uh, but No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And they went, be- they went beyond guns with organized crime. They would bomb yeah. things. Yeah. You know, they they had they had thug groups that would show up to beat people up if they were anti-union. So, and and the money that was there, I mean, Hollywood lionized the movie Hoffa, almost made the guy into a into a folk Hero. legend, but he was yeah. a very rough and tumble thug kind of guy. You know, so yeah. you know we can glamorize this all we want to, but if you're not honest enough honest enough to look at these organizations for what they're doing outside the sphere for which they were made, then not only are you lying to yourself, you're facilitating uh, the malfeasance that they're executing outside of the sphere of of their authority. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more from the one and only Frank Sabato. And remember, he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch That's syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis Communications. His website, undergroundusa.com. Be back. 
handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with my guest Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast with uh, one of his latest, What has Progressed Under Progressivism? And uh, let's see, I lost my place here, I think. Did I know you? Uh, you're talking about how their love for Theodore Roosevelt's love for open spaces that opened the doors, but it opened the doors to other things too, right? When we go back into into history, and and this this is history that's kind of lost on on a majority of the population, because and it's just the way the school year is set up. Um, when you and this goes back to even when I was in in junior high school and high school, all those years ago when teachers were chiseling on rocks, um, <laughs> the, the school year is laid out so that once you get through the Civil War, you only have enough time to just about get through Reconstruction and you just start talking about the industrial age and the school year is done. And if you're in eighth grade or you're taking your U.S. history course in high school, that is completely dispensed with because you have to get prepared for the Constitution test in order to graduate. So we never touch on Theodore Roosevelt in a in a meaningful way. We never touch on the industrial age in a meaningful way, and that's why we don't know about Woodrow Wilson. That's why we don't know about the fascism of, of Roosevelt. We only equate him with winning World War II and 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 his his New Deal. Which, if you dive into, is a completely socialist-based type of thing. It's the safety net thing in the United States is is socialist-based. It's let's let's commune all of our stuff and 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 give back to the common good. That's even been bastardized. Uh, Roosevelt himself saw it as something the government would get out of, and it would become an annuity that you handled yourself. Congress realized it was a cash cow and dispensed with that. Now you can't even find that on. Unless you're diving deep into the history of Social Security, but getting back to Theodore Roosevelt, uh, he's responsible for a, for the idea of preserving open spaces in the United States, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, now, we don't now want you're to talking have, about all the national parks and stuff like that. Yeah, for, you know, yeah. you got the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, right. things like that. They're mm-hmm. they're jewels of of our country, and we should preserve them. It's it's. You know, we have to be good stewards of the earth and we have to be good stewards of the land that we have purview over. So saving uh, beautiful places like that when we don't have to expand into them for profit uh, reasons is a good idea. Maybe, Frank, uh, that's what they're doing with the farms now, you know, where they won't let the farmers. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) I I think Roosevelt would have been carrying the big stick to the side of a lot of people's heads today when it comes to how they're managing the land in the United States. Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, You know, Roosevelt's love for the open spaces and, and respect for the earth 
opened the door for today's climate change movement, which is mm-hmm. if we're going to be honest, and and this is not popular on the left side of the aisle at all, and and there are some people who are weak-willed on the right side of the aisle who usually look at facts and and make up their own decision. Climate is cyclical. When the founder of the Weather Channel can come together with thousands of meteorologists and point out the flaws in this false theory that's being foisted upon the people to move a profiteering scheme forward, mm-hmm. and and he's demonized and and canceled and censored, you're not hearing both sides of the argument. And whenever one side doesn't want you to hear about the other side of the argument, you better take notice. Our climate records don't go back as far as people want to say. Climate has been cyclical throughout the known knowledge of the existence of the Earth. We've seen ice ages. We've seen volcanic ages. It's it's cyclical because that's what the Earth you know what I was I was thinking about the other day because uh, I was kind of raised in the area, you know, where the Despo was, mm-hmm. and if they would have been predicting global warming, you know, at that time as much as they are now, but of course they didn't have the media right to to mm-hmm. spread it like they do now. But anyway, we survived the Dust Bowl, and that was that was terrible. That could be almost like, boy, this has got to be the end of the world. Look at here. Nothing's going to grow anymore because it's all dust and all these sandstorms. You know what? They came and they went away. You know, it's the same way with earthquakes. You know, boy, if we were having earthquakes like crazy, it would be because of global warming. You know what I'm saying? Whatever little thing they can attach to. And you, and you you hit the point right on the head. If the, if the media had the sensationalistic and unethical behavior that it has today, they would have been calling for the end of the world back then. Instead, they just reported the facts yeah. and what was happening. Um, case in point here, and I, I don't mean to throw bad gree out there, as Jimmy Buffett would say. Well, let me get but, my bat up. Okay, stand by. Strike yeah. one. <laughs> but, but But here... With all of this catastrophic global warming that is causing the droughts in in the southwest, and and it's it's catastrophic. Things are are it's just going to where are the hurricanes? Yeah, right. That's what they were causing the hurricanes too, weren't they? So when when they were <laughs> predicting seven, eight major storms a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, it was because of global warming. That's what happens with global warming. Well, if we're having catastrophic global warming now, how come there hasn't been one hurricane this season? We're coming up on November, and we've got zero. I'll give you one little thing right here. Uh, and Doomsday climate predictions meltdown. Arctic sea ice extent reaches 12-year mid-August high. Okay. Remember, it was going to be ice-free, according to Al Gore, years ago. And now that the summer ice melt system in the Atlantic will soon end by the middle of next month, it's good time to see how Al Gore's prediction is faring. And so they went to the National Snow and Ice Data Center, NSIDC, and on the chart it says to this date, and this was about last week or two weeks ago, 
The Arctic now stands at a 12-year high for the ice. It is not yeah. melting. But you can yeah. get a, and, and, a, a club together, right? A group of 12 people that say, we're the Global Warming Club. And they will say, well, we went and visited for three hours and the ice is melting. And they'll put out a big report. And all of the mainstream medias, you know, they grab hold of it. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Anything, anything that's sensationalistic to sell news or create clicks is what the news is about today. They aren't about accurate information. They're about selling papers yeah. and selling airtime. They don't care about the facts. They've taken if it bleeds, it leads to a new level. There were, you know, by Al Gore's predictions by 2012, and we're 10 years past that. Florida was supposed to be underwater. Yeah. Instead, but he still got his he still got his boat down there on the Atlantic Ocean. You know, got it tied up. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, and he's st- and he's still sucking up juice in his house in Tennessee beyond yeah, anything yeah. that's ever seen. Still flying on on the G series private jet. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be honest about climate, then we have to accept that it's cyclical and man-made climate change is nothing more than a narrative that is actually being used to promote. Oh, I don't know the 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 degradation of sovereignty at the hands of the World Economic Forum and the UN, because those are the two entities that keep pushing this yep. as hard as they possibly can. You know, if it was the UN climate panel has come out with a billion reports saying the end of the world was supposed to happen at, at the turn of the, of the millennium. And they've been wrong every single step of the way, but that doesn't keep them from putting out a, a new report next week that says, yeah, know. you know, by by two thousand one hundred, the polar ice caps will all be melted. You know, it's it's mm. as it, they're using the old adage: if you say it enough, often enough, people will just start to take it as fact, and that's that's how they're coercing the society. So back to Theodore Roosevelt, right. he wouldn't be going for this. He'd be saying, "Stop throwing garbage at your car window." Take care of the land that you have. You know, this is where we grow our food. This is where we live. Don't be don't be pushing electric cars that have batteries and have to fill landfills. Figure out how to do hydrogen powered cars so we can have true sustainable energy, renewable energy, without the byproduct of landfills. And you know, are we ever gonna run out of going around about gas and Natural gas and oil, like they said. I mean, we should have been run out. What twenty five years ago is supposed to every all of it's supposed to be gone. You know, by 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 all accounts, with people who are honestly looking at the estimations of the reserves that the world has, we've got thousands of years to go. And if we haven't figured out hydrogen fuel by then, then we have devolved into the dumbest living organism on the planet. And by then, we'll probably be up there in the greatest planet in the world. What is, what is it? The planet Savalto, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Everything yeah, is always, green. You, and, yes. And you don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. <laughs> you don't want to go there. No dogs no, allowed? A, don't you tell me it's that. A, it, 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 it's a dark, scary place. It's a, it's, so. Yeah. But yeah, this is. But they this wouldn't want to go to my planet either because the music would be too loud, you know. 
this is yeah. this is where we this is where we get from from a perfect example of a a well-meaning beginning to an opportunistic disingenuous profiteering type of end mm-hmm. i agree with theodore roosevelt we should take care of our country we should preserve open spaces to to the extent that the greatness of our land is preserved but we shouldn't be yeah. buying up farms just to say don't farm it because we want you to eat crickets that's a that's an ideological bent that is that is coming out and that if you think i'm joking i'm not that's that's part of the UN's 2030 agenda that is being being oh, financed yeah. by the world. Oh, I saw a special form. on that. They eating. literally want you to eat crickets. Yeah, I saw a special on that. I'm telling you, it, it was uh, it was hard to take, you know, because I don't even, you know, I don't even want to take my whatever. I don't want to even mention the word. So there. And yeah, it's, uh, everybody gotta, else eats it, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? You you better <clears> start you better start you? looking at the. Better start looking at the ingredients on your labels because there are there's a, a very strong concerted movement to integrate cricket flour into just about everything we eat. Yeah, yeah. I I for one, absolutely not. I don't want to eat insects. And you know, and they're using uh, they're using the example of the, what is it? The children in Africa are something that eat them. You know, and they're saying, well, you know, it's like a, a delicacy to them. And it's something they don't have, and it's so far it's not killing them. But the only reason they do it is because there's so many of them. You know, see, I get worried if my cocker spaniel looks at me funny, right? Now I don't know if he's yeah. worried about me eating him, or if he's thinking about eating me. <laughs> so, you know, you never know. Well, well, you, you don't have cricket flour in you, so maybe he is looking to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 to say that we have to be globally homogenized with the way that we eat is the stupidest thing in the world. You talk to anybody who's a nutritionist or anybody who's an herbalist, and you realize that that human beings thrive best when they derive their food sources from things that are in their local surroundings. To think that we're just interchangeable—that someone from Kansas is interchangeable with somebody from Ethiopia is a intellectually stunted way of thinking. We may be equal as humans with the value of human life, but the way that we eat, the way that we drink, the way that we live are demonstrably different. And we shouldn't be forced to homogenize into this gray glob of humanity that the overlords of the World Economic Forum get to treat as serfs as they sit in their kingdoms of lorddom. And, you know, when, Frank, when you mentioned that word equal in this excellent report you have, uh, it kind of ties in because you say in the form of the government that our framers crafted for us, the U.S. Senate was supposed to represent the states, not the people. Okay? The Senate. Isn't that where Nancy Pelosi is, by the way, in the Senate? Mm-hmm. Or the she's House? Not, she's, oh, a, she's in the, she's house. the house. Yes, okay. So the House of Representatives was a chamber with direct relationship to the people. That's why she's making so much noise. Okay, thank you. And that's where the the concerns of the people are aired in our federal government. In the original setup, the way our framers crafted our government, Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. the, The Senate was supposed to be appointed by the state legislatures, the two senators from each state, to represent the well-being and the interests of the states at the federal government. That was the chamber that kept the federal government in check when it came to overreach into the states. 
once again under Woodrow Wilson, with the creation of the 17th Amendment, they made the Senate directly elected by the people, creating an over-glorified House, and now the protection for the states was dismantled and discarded. So Chosen you for still, six years, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if you believe that we still operate under the government that our framers crafted for us in the U.S. Constitution, you are wrong. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you. You know, we're coming up on our final break, and I'm going to ask you, do you want to go on with more on this? I mean, it's it's very, very interesting, but you had another report. Sure. And I know you're coming yeah. back at the top of next week, but you have another report on the uh, trick that Biden's using to cancel the student debt, a slap in the face to the veterans. So uh, what would you like to do when we come back? Well, let's, let's go on with this, and, and we can spend the whole hour on the on the, the sleight of hand that Biden's doing with student loans on Monday. All right, fantastic. See, that's why he is my programmer. Yes, Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, the website undergroundusa.com. We'll be right back. American Express, investigated by the U.S. government, caught processing a Soviet-era politician's dirty money, paid hundreds of millions in fines for deceiving customers. Rather than clean up their act, American Express has gone woke. Employees say people are promoted and told to offer lower premiums based on race. Amex administered critical race theory training that told employees capitalism is racist. American Express, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Visit unamericanexpress.com. This message was paid for by Consumers Research, a 501c3 educational advocacy group. To learn more, log on to consumersresearch.org. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Sabato, host of Underground USA podcast. Uh, interesting here, you say the reasoning behind the legislative appointments came from the notion that if senators... We're beholding to the will of the state legislature. They could be recalled if they place party politics ahead of the well-being of their respective states. Well, thank God that never happens, right? My goodness. Yeah, and that was the beauty of what the framers bequeathed to us that Woodrow Wilson and the progressives of the of the early 1900s destroyed with the 17th Amendment. There was a balance here a check and balance, not only in the three branches of the federal government, but in how they interacted emanating from the people and the states. The people had a voice through the House. That's why they call it the People's House. The Senate was supposed to make sure that the states were looked after when when it came to the federal government. They were that firewall. They were They were the entity that said, Obamacare? What are you out of your mind? That, that's going to cause the state treasuries to go into arrears. No, we're not doing that. And and people who would have gotten together to say let's do this, the state legislatures would have said, "What are you doing? You're you're going to you're going to bust our treasury." That's it. Let's take a vote and recall these people. They're not representing our state in the Senate to the federal government. Today you have to you have to go through the entire electoral political process to do that, and the states still aren't served. So the 17th Amendment, if there's going to be two things that need to be uh, immediately done, if by the grace of God, 
something could happen to happen immediately to to help the United States get back to good? It would be the immediate repeal of the 17th Amendment, and it would be the immediate overturning of the three lawsuits that allowed the federal government to bastardize the Commerce Clause to inject itself into every aspect of our lives with, with blatant disregard for state sovereignty. When, when we lost the right to have protections for our states, we, we have a completely different country than our framers said this is, this is what we should have so that people can self-govern and, and give people the best shot at succeeding in self-governance. We took away a safeguard that was, that was an integral part of that plan. And it was done by progressives. And remember, going back to the first segment, we really should be saying fascists. It was done by the fascists of the turn of the 20th century under Woodrow Wilson when they moved forward the 17th Amendment. When you realize that fascists want a, that's by definition, that they, they use outside government sources to coerce people into doing what they believe is ideologically best in a very arrogant way. They couldn't have the Senate saying, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't to give people a bigger voice of federal government was to dismantle the apparatus that kept them from having, from doing whatever they wanted whenever they wanted to. Wow. The one and only Frank Savato, and you can read this report at undergroundusa.com. Wow, another excellent one. All of them are excellent. That's why he gets my attention all the time. Hey, thank you very much, Frank. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll talk to you on Monday, Chuck. All right. Hey, thank you very much, uh, Sway. Thank you for listening, and God bless the United States. That's the United States, all right, of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the Internet gatekeepers and social media censors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. One thing Frank always reminds me to mention is that my books and my podcasts are not limited to my region of the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm a master herbalist with a working knowledge of hundreds of herbs that are available all around you no matter where you live and keep your family in optimal health. I'm now offering a free newsletter through Substack. Please find me on Substack at Judson Carroll Master Herbalist or JudsonCarroll.com. And I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.